The material provided today is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. Consult with a financial professional for your own needs. Dixon & Company disclaims any and all liability for the interpretation and use of the content provided today. Coming up on today's episode, Ben and I examine the sometimes overwhelming topic of Medicare, specifically focusing on the supplemental or Medigap plans. We're looking at what they are, the types of benefits available, and why they are important to consider. All this and more as we dive into part two of Why to Care About Medicare on the Financial Edge Podcast. And welcome back to the Financial Edge Podcast. Today, Ben and I are going to be jumping into the Medicare supplement plans. Ben, how are you doing, man? Man, I'm doing well. It's been a uh, crazy, what, last two weeks, right? Man, yeah, the time has been flying. Time has absolutely been flying. Today is election day. Today is election day. Yep. So uh, I'm sure by the time you hear this, we will hopefully, hopefully know who's Hopefully. President. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It'll be an interesting night to say the least. That's right. But I don't know. Are you going to watch any part of the election tonight? I'll probably watch a few minutes of it. Um, not going to lie to you, uh, the workout this morning that I did, plus depending on what mood my kids are in, it might be an early night. It might not be. We'll see. But as we jump into this. There is a lot to cover in a very little bit amount of time. I know, Ben, yeah. you were telling me, as you were jumping into even trying to get ready for today's episode, you were doing research and looking into stuff, and you said it, it just sometimes brings up more questions sometimes than sure. answers. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's that way just because, you know, Medicare as a whole is such a huge topic. You know, it, it's kind of like uh, if you've ever sat in an airplane terminal and you see, like, this little speck of light off in the distance, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see this airplane beginning to approach. And by the time it actually gets like next to the gate, you realize, man, this is like a double-decker plane. It's got like eight engines on it. The thing is huge. And I think that's the way that Medicare is. For a lot of people, it's so far off. It's off mm -hmm. in the distance. It's this thing that we know that's out there. Yep. Eventually, we got to deal with. And the next thing you know, it's not really until you get right up next to it that you realize how big it is. Yeah. No, that's a great analogy. Man, I'm, I've got the visual in my mind now of seeing that too. And I'm like, that's perfect because it's the truth, right? Guys like our age, we're not really thinking about Medicare. Right. We know it's it's out there. We're, we're ready you know, to maybe talk about it at some point in the future or mm -hmm. if we have aging parents that are you know approaching that time frame. But I do know, you know even for myself, I, I do have parents that are about to turn 65 and they're about to start going through this enrollment process. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of nice you know, going through and refreshing everything that I had learned about, you know, Medicare and the Medigap policies and, you know, Medicare Advantage, because it's going to become so much more relevant now. And yeah. even talking to my grandparents and, you know, helping them understand what it is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if there are people out there that are, you know, around like the 25, 30, 35 year old range, I mean, the chances are this is going to become a topic of conversation for you within the next five to 10 years. Right. Maybe sure. even sooner. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's our goal today is to take that jumbo jet and bring it back down to a toy airplane, at right. least attempt to. In through, 20 minutes or as best as possible. Exactly. Yeah. Just through, through sharing some quality information and even more on top of that, because we do know it is a big topic, we want to make sure you have access to resources and different websites or videos and things that you guys could go back and refer back to. Our goal is to help the people that are approaching that age or the people that are our age to identify better choices or make a more educated decision when it comes to this because it's a long-term, not only long-term impact on your health, mm -hmm. but long-term impact on your finances, which ultimately does impact like your mental health right. in retirement. 
Right. I mean, how many clients do you know that health tends to be one of the most important aspects of building out a financial plan? Yeah, it's, it's totally all interwoven. So the health, the finances, mm-hmm. getting all that stuff kind of taken care of, and even the enjoyment of life as a whole, like all those decisions in some ways can feel totally separate. But when you look at it and say, okay, well, if I if I don't have good health care coverage and I'm not in good health, then I can't really enjoy retirement. And right. then you begin to realize, oh, yeah, it is all connected. Right. So today, if you guys are having questions, even after our conversation that we're going to have today, feel free to reach out to us at, at our office or via email. But if you want to reach out to us at our office, it's 336-245-8626. You can set up a free consultation with us. We'd love to chat with you. If you prefer to reach out online, you can reach us via email uh, or go to our website. And you can find all of our emails there. It's www.dixonwm.com. And yeah, we'd love to connect with you there. We have all of our other episodes from our podcast on our website as well. Yeah, Everything's archived out there. You can find us on Spotify. Where else can you find us? Uh, you can find us on Google Play. You can find us on iTunes, also Anchor FM, and as well as our website. And we've been getting a ton of great feedback from our listeners. So thank you to those who have sent us feedback and suggestions and let us know your comments. Continue to do so. Also, feel free to subscribe to the podcast and let others know about it as well. We know typically we've had a lot of younger listeners in the past, but um, more recently we've started to have some more uh, older listeners who are starting to enjoy the podcast as well. So we want to make sure we get that resource out there to them and let them know it's available. Absolutely. So we've got the Medicare policy differences, some definitions, and some good discussions that we're going to have. So I'd say let's start with just understanding, Ben, what are Medigap policies? Yeah, so Medigap policies are basically a type of health insurance sold by private insurers to cover gaps in Medicare. And so if you were listening to the last podcast, you probably heard us talking a little little bit about that. But you've got 10 different policies, So, and they are lettered policies. Lettered meaning starts with A and goes through N. Skips a couple of letters, uh, but <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's kind of like looking at your child, you know, the first time they do the alphabets, it's like, close, we're almost there. But yeah, A through N is what you get. And then each one of those um, has their standardized plans, but each one of them has a slightly different feel to it. We'll kind of get into the details here in a second. Yeah, leave it up to the government to skip some letters. <laughs> <laughs> skip some letters, fuzzy math, hey, whatever. Yep, right? yep. But thankfully, you're right. They did standardize the plans across the board. So each one of these Medigap policies, the really nice thing is, is that regardless of which insurance carrier that you get these plans through, you're going to have standardized coverage, whichever one that you decide to pick. Mm-hmm. So the, the biggest difference, and I want this to be clear, the biggest difference between insurance carriers, because again, these are sold by private insurance companies, the biggest difference is going to be the premium that you pay. Yeah. And why, like, why might that be so significant? Or why, why are some of the premiums so significantly different, Ben? Well, part of it has to do with keep in mind that each of the 50 states, the insurance is, is handled through the insurance commissions. And so as a mm-hmm. result, if you get certain states that have certain demographics of people that are more susceptible to certain uh, conditions or diseases or health insurance or, or health related problems, yep. right now, all of a sudden that becomes a higher cost to the insurance providers in those particular states. So you're going to get some variances there right. based off of demographics and whatnot. So. Yep, Absolutely. And so that's just important. Even within your state, there's you know between potentially 20, 30 different carriers, some companies that you might not have even ever heard of, but you can actually go online to medicare.gov and that will bring you to some good resources as where you can find out, hey, what are the different comparisons of these plans? 
And on top of that, what are the different price points? And, and each state has its own individual resources on how to help you compare price points of different insurance carriers. Yeah. And so speaking of the Medicare.gov, if you mm-hmm. were to go to the website, they actually have a plan or not a plan. They have a page. Uh, and on that page, you can do a comparison of each of the 10 different Medigap policies. So that's really good information. It is. And so actually, let's jump into what those are. So and then we'll kind of come back in and go through what the most popular ones are. But right now, let's just talk through plan A, B. I'm going to try and do this without making too much noise in my paper here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plan A. The benefits that you receive for Plan A is going to be Medicare Part A coinsurance and hospital costs. Correct. Up to an additional 365 days after Medicare benefits are used. And then you're also going to receive 100% coverage of Medicare Part B coinsurance or copayments. Then you're going to receive 100% of uh, cost for blood. So anytime that you get like a blood transfusion, Medicare will cover anything beyond four pints and above okay but the medigap policies will cover the first three pints so blood's right. expensive yep yep so that's what that helps out with uh the next one is part a hospice care coinsurance or co-payment and that's covering again 100 percent of that so that's your your part or your plan a i always got to be careful with that because you have <laughs> medicare part a b c and d but then you have for the Medigap policies, plan A, B, C, D, F, G, K, L, M, and N. Yeah. So thank you, well government. Done. Thank well you. Done. <laughs> yeah. All right. So beyond that, then you've got the the plan B. What does plan B cover? So the added benefit on plan B is the uh, coinsurance of the copayment, right? So that's covered at 100%. Yeah. Um, the part A hospice care also covered at uh, 100% as well. It does not cover for skilled nursing facility care or co-insurance, but you do get the Part A deductible covered at 100%. Yep. And then for C, you get all the same benefits, so it just kind of builds up on itself, but then now you're getting 100% coverage on the skilled nursing facility care co-insurance, and you're getting the Part B deductible 100% covered, and you're getting 80% of, like, so for example, if Medicare is an American thing. Right. So if you travel foreign and if you want to do some traveling in retirement, some of these plans are going to help cover uh, the cost of health coverage in other parts of the world, even if, you know, you're using Medicare. Correct. Or if you get hurt in, like, in another country. So that'll cover 80% of foreign travel emergencies up to the plan limit. So going back to our original couple of statements in the, when we opened the, uh, the episode here today, when we were talking about it's important to consider – if you're going to travel a lot or not, this would be one of those things that you would want to look at, especially if you feel like you're going to be somebody who loves to travel. So I've got a couple of clients right now and underneath COVID, they're not doing a lot of traveling, but they're like the day that they can feel comfortable and safe traveling, they want to go out and travel. Right. Well, they're right at that Medicare age where this is becoming a very important topic of conversation for them. Yeah. And so I think before even we go a little bit deeper into what those plans are, because there's going to be some terms and some you know, things that are probably going to become a little bit more difficult to understand. But let's just go through some glossary of terms as to what what these plans are actually helping our clients with. So again, forgive us, guys. You're going to hear paper shuffling in the background. There's a lot to this. And so we're trying to prepare as best as we can with notes. And one day we will get to like iPad and everything is, you know, paperless, but we're not quite there yet. (laughs) 
All right. So let's just kind of take these back and forth. I'll, I'll start with the first one. Sure. So Medicare Part A coinsurance, what is that? It's all Medicare or Medigap plans offer this benefit. It covers the very expensive daily hospital copays that you begin accruing after your 60th day in the hospital. Yeah, that's a really, really good one. Um, and kind of to go right alongside of that, the Medicare Part B coinsurance or copayment, that deals with um, the supplement. So that every supplement also covers this benefit, which is one of the most important. So since Medicare only covers about 80% of your Part B outpatient expenses, this benefit is what pays the other 20% for you. Now, this can be crucial for high-ticket items like cancer treatments or dialysis. Exactly. So great information. By the way, we're, we're pulling this all off of a website called boomerbenefits.com. So if you guys do have some questions and, and need a good resource, another one outside of Medicare.gov, go to Boomer Benefits. It's, yeah. it's really, really good Fantastic and just breaking resource. things down. Uh, the third one is blood. So again, the first three pints. That this benefit is on all the plans and, and it pays for the first three pints of blood in a blood transfusion. Medicare only pays for the fourth pint and above. Blood is very expensive. So again, this is a phenomenal benefit. So another one that comes up often is the Part A hospice care, yep. co-insurance and co-payment. Um, supplements pay for the part of hospice that Medicare doesn't under this benefit. So costs incurred by you are usually zero. That's really great. Now here's another interesting one, skilled nursing facility and co-insurance. Uh, so Medicare allows for 100 days of skilled nursing facility care after you've been in the hospital and need nursing care while you recover. However, Medicare only pays for the first 20 days. So a policy that has this skilled nursing facility coverage will pay for the additional 80 days. And this is a really important one. Yes. You know, Tyler, I think when we have conversations with people, oftentimes this will come up saying, oh, well, doesn't Medicare pay for that? And the answer is yes, but, right? Yes, so remember, but. remember when, when you hear about the, uh, the skilled nursing facility, Medicare allows for 100 days of skilled, uh, skilled nursing facility care um, once you've had a qualifying hospital stay and need, and need uh, nursing care. However, it's that first 20 days and that with this policy covers for the other 80 days. So it's just important to remember um, to really pay attention to the details. Yeah, big time. Okay, uh, so Ben, this Medicare Part A deductible, what is that? Yeah, so the Part A deductible, uh, it's an amount of $1,408 a year. Not sure where they got the eight from, but I think that has to do with their the in government, uh, the index inflation yep. um, that, that happens. So you pay this uh, more than once a year uh, if, for example, you have two inpatient hospital stays more than 60 days apart. So again, you pay this. It's one of those if. Uh, right. If. It's, it's one of those, right? So again, you pay this. More than once a year, if, for example, you have two inpatient hospital stays more than 60 days apart. So if you go to the hospital today, well, actually, no, it's too late in the year. Let's say if you went to the hospital in September and then you go back in December, then this might be one of those that you're subject to. Right. All right. So Medicare Part B deductible. Now, this is different than premiums. That's where it gets a little easy to be kind of confused on what am I getting here? So you have premiums, which you pay on a monthly basis, but then you have the deductibles so that if something does happen, you have to pay this first before the insurance kicks in. Right. So the deductible for Part B is $198 a year. It's not bad. All right. So you will pay that deductible once per year for services such as doctor's visits, lab work, or physical therapy unless your Medicare supplement provides this benefit. 
So the next one's the uh, excess charges, right? This is so, oh, this is big. Yeah, right, get into it. It's, yep. it's really huge. So Medicare providers can either accept Medicare assigned rates for each service, or if they choose, they can charge you an excess amount. Now this charge can be up to fifteen percent above the assigned rate. So it can be pricey for items like diagnostic, or excuse me, diagnostic imagery or surgery. Um, so you may wish to choose a Medicare supplement that covers this expense. Yeah, I I think that's one of those hidden costs items like you're like oh man i've got medicare i'm covered and then you're like oh what is this excess charge you're telling me that even though they have an agreed upon rate they can charge more than what that rate is and yes yes they can they can charge the 15 percent more so that can be pricey just imagine some of the different operations or some of the different pieces of of healthcare that you might need when you're in in that arena yeah yeah the 15 could could end up being a pretty large bill and that, again, goes back to that initial conversation we were having about important considerations when you begin financially planning for Medicare. So I think yeah. within Medicare, you are provided with a ton of opportunities to say, hey, look, this is an important step in my planning process as it relates to retirement. I think sometimes people look at Medicare and it's like, oh, there's really not much to plan for. I think there's a lot more to uh, to what meets the eye uh, yeah. to plan for than, than sometimes you originally see. Yep. All right, so foreign travel emergency is the last one. Since Medicare is a U.S. health insurance program, again, it does not offer you coverage outside our country. Some Medicare supplements include this foreign travel benefit where it will pay 80% of your expenses up to a $50,000 range after a small deductible. So that's a pretty nice benefit if you're planning on doing foreign travel. If you're not, you don't need this benefit in your plan. Correct. But... You never know what the future could hold, and you might want to do that. So it's just it's very, very helpful, again, understanding what these different things are that you might actually be paying for because if you're going to be dropping some money right. on these supplement plans, because, again, these are optional. Yeah, They are not required for you to get. They're helpful if you do. So kind of dial it back. What are the most popular plans yeah, that so people the, tend to choose? The most popular ones are uh, Medi- Medicare, Medigap plans, uh, F. Plan G and then Plan N. Plan F, G, and N. And if I remember correctly, which I, I just saw this on the website, Plan F is the most comprehensive, Yeah. but it is no longer offered to anybody that became eligible for Medicare as of January 1st, 2020. Correct. So for anybody that's becoming eligible after that point, like any time this year and going forward, yeah. Plan G is now the new... Uh, most comprehensive plan that's out there that's that you can qualify for. Right. Right. So Plan G, the only difference is that it's not covering that hundred ninety eight dollar uh, deductible for Part B of Medicare. Okay. So the reality is, is that when you're working with your insurance professional, there's a chance that you could actually save enough money on the premiums per month mm-hmm. to mitigate that cost of not having to, you know, that makes pay sense. that deductible. Yeah. So I mean that's. That's kind of a nice thing is that there is at least a little bit of flexibility still in there on how to cover that cost. Gotcha. Yeah, and one hundred ninety eight dollars is not. No, it's not that. But. It's not that big. So yeah, and I think this is interesting because like the way that I'm thinking about it now is let's say for example you've got two different scenarios. You know, you've got you know Ben who is in retirement right at retirement, you know, get ready to turn 65 and Ben's going to be on a fixed income you yep. know, going into retirement. So it's really, really important that Ben doesn't get surprised with out-of-pocket medical expenses. Yep. Ben's probably going to want as many of those things covered up front through like the premiums and the supplemental plans as much as possible. Whereas yep. Tyler, on the other hand, 
you know, Tyler said, Hey, you know what? I think I'm going to start early age, do the, do the savings plan that we had talked about in episode one or two, right. And start saving a bigger portion of their income. You know, he's able to kind of take that and apply it all the way through life. And then when he gets to retirement, he's got a little bit more flexibility maybe he decides to travel the world a little bit. And so now all of a sudden he's got a different consideration than Ben does as it relates to what he's going to need in, in Medicare and in the Medigap policy. So Right. That's true. And I mean, there's even the chance of, you know, like if you've got family in different parts of the world or if you've got, you know, maybe your spouse does yeah. where, you know, they want to be able to go travel and visit people in some of those different places and take some time to go visit your kids who might have gone to another part of the world too. I mean, that's, there's a lot of considerations with, you know, whether the foreign travel or if you even want to do the Medi, uh, the Medicare Advantage plan, which has a local network versus giving you the, the Medicare Supplement plan, which has the advantage of you can go wherever you want in the country yeah. and be covered. Good point. So, all right. So the last major piece I know we wanted to talk about was how the different pricings are determined for supplement plans. Cause that's each, important. Yeah, the insurance companies are going to have different ways of how they actually price them because the, the premiums are going to be different per each insurance carrier. Right. So there's like three different things maybe to consider, right? One yep. would be rates. One would be like the rate trend history. And then the other is the financial ratings. I mean, wh- where do you want to start with that? Yeah. So uh, let's start with the rates. Okay. Yeah. So the rates, basically, it's the monthly rate that you're going to pay the insurance company that provides your Medicare supplement um, coverage. Right. So when you think about finding out what premium uh, each insurance carrier will charge you. You want to ask the question, are they offering a low premium? Is it competitive with other Medigap insurance companies in your area? Exactly. And that's going back to, you know, each state is going to have a way for you to be able to compare what those premiums are because the insurance commission is, is very determined to make sure that, you know, people that are hitting that age 65 and, you know, seniors in our economy are not being taken advantage of. Perfect. Yep. So the rate trend history is another important thing. Most policies will have an annual rate increase, you know, each year to keep up with inflation and medical stuff. Uh, but, you know, the, the rate increases, there are some others that, you know, have certain carriers that will increase it more. So it's important to look over the last three years, what have they done? Uh, and are the rate increases reasonable or significantly higher than what their competitors have been? Yeah, that's a good point. And then the last one is financial ratings, Ben. What is that? Yeah, so the, so there's so there's a couple of different um, ratings that are out there. So one would be AM Best, one would be Weiss Ratings, uh, and then what these are is basically they rate the financial stability of the insurance companies you could be choosing for your Medigap plans that are out there. So the higher the rating, obviously, the more financial stable the companies are. So that's definitely an important consideration. This really looks at um, the financial health of the insurer. So it basically gives them a grade or a report, if you will, of, of how they have done, historically speaking. Yep. So there's adding on to this, you know, the, the ratings and how insurance companies come up with their premiums. Um, this will be the last major topic that we cover today. But uh, we're looking at how did they determine their pricing. So first of all, there's there's one method called the no age rated pricing. So how it's priced is generally it's the same monthly premium uh, is charged to everybody who has the Medigap policy, regardless of your age. Okay. So what that pricing may mean for you is that your premium isn't based on your age, but the premiums may go up because of inflation and other factors, just not because of your age. Well, that's good to know. Yep. All right. So the next one is what Ben. As we both changed pages. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is the uh, is the injury age rated, uh, and so it, the way that it's priced is the premium is based on the age you are when you buy, 
uh, or in other words, when you when you're issued the Medigap policy. And so what that basically means is premiums are lower for people who buy at a younger age and won't change as you get older. Premiums may go up because of inflation and other factors, but again, it doesn't increase because of your age. Exactly. And then finally, the last one is the attained age rated. And how that's priced is the premium is going to be based on your current age or you know the age that you've quote unquote attained. So your premium goes up as you get older. So what that pricing means for those people that are involved in that type of a, of a pricing is the premiums are low for younger buyers, but they go up as you get older. They may be you know the least expensive at first, but they can eventually become the most expensive, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So the premiums can also go up because of inflation and the other factors that we mentioned previously. So yeah, yep. Now, the cost of your Medigap policy may also depend on um, whether the insurance company does a couple other things. So we'll run mm-hmm. through there. So yeah. one of those is offering discounts. Like, for example, it could be discounts for women or or non-smokers mm-hmm. or people who are married. Uh, could be discounts for paying yearly or discounts for paying your premiums using electronic funds transfer as opposed to doing a check. Yep. Even discounts for multiple policies. But basically everything that's done there from a discount standpoint can't be done simply as an individual. It has to be done within a group category. Yep. And it's important. So when you qualify or not, let me, let me rephrase that. When you become eligible for Medicare, um, you're, you're, you're automatically like you can, you can sign up for it. Yeah. Eligible. Yep. yep. So there are some Medigap policies that use medical underwriting or they apply a different premium when you don't have a guaranteed issue right, also called Medigap protections, or they're not in a Medigap open enrollment period. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the next one is what? The, me- the Medicare Select. Uh, so Medicare Select policies uh, are policies that may require you to use certain providers, mm-hmm. um, hence the word select. So if you buy this type of Medigap policy, your premium could be less. Yep. All right. The last one is the the high deductible options that are available for plans F or G. So if, for example, you buy a plan F or G with a high deductible option, you must pay the first $2,340 of deductibles, co-payments, and co-insurance not paid by Medicare before the Medigap policy pays anything. You must also pay a separate deductible of $250 per year for foreign travel emergencies. So keep in mind for so for people who have who tend to have or who tend to keep um, higher balances in their checking or savings have assets available, this could be a great planning consideration for them and people who also like to travel. Yep. Yep, exactly because I mean if if you are maybe more living a healthier lifestyle and you don't think you're going to be anticipating a whole lot of uh, you know health health things which again, we can't control that. So it's a consideration to have and have that discussion with your insurance professional. But it's just something that you can consider, hey, maybe it makes sense for me to do a high deductible option. And then that way, you know, I can have a little bit more control over my premiums on a month-to-month basis. But if that's not something you're comfortable with, then you have the other option of just, you know, going for the full-out plan, getting the plan F, plan G, wherever you're at, and moving forward, just paying the higher premiums but not having to worry about any out-of-pocket costs. Yeah. This is really, really good information. And so I think what we should do is probably take a moment and kind of just summarize a couple of very critical, important points. Uh, and then also uh, show people where to go to find resources as it relates to Medicare. I think that'll also help them as they finish the, uh, as they go back and kind of think about what they've learned on the podcast. So one of those things would be keep in mind 10 different plans lettered A through N. Each one, you know, helps to cover a set of gaps within the original Medicare. 
Some Medigap plans will have higher premiums and offer more coverage. Uh, so it's important to compare plans along the way. You can go to medicare.gov and go find their plan comparison tool. Really, really neat tool on there. Uh, a couple other additional resources that are out there. One is uh, a mobile app that's called What's Covered. This is via medicare.gov. So they put this out there. So if you have questions about if a particular procedure or a surgery, you can use this as an additional resource. Another great resource you heard Tyler mention earlier in the podcast is the website uh, Boomer Benefits. Boomer Benefits really breaks down Medicare in very simple and clear, easy to understand language. So that's a really great one. A third one that's out there is uh, AARP. Uh, I love AARP. Um, you can go on that website and find out different articles about a variety of different topics. It's not just related to Medicare. It's related to all things retirement. So a really great um, tool that's out there and available for people. There's another one called nextavenue.org is a resource, again, for retirees. And they have tons of great, really easy to read articles that basically put retirement perspectives into ordinary, everyday conversations. So I've been on the website multiple times to kind of think of ways to say, hey, look, how do we have a conversation for somebody who has never had a conversation with their parents around retirement or around long-term care or around Social Security or whatever? Um, tons of great articles on there. So one of the articles that's on there right now is called uh, Seven Ways to like Reduce uh, the Cost of Medicare. Um, so really, really neat stuff that's out there. Um, and then the last one is MedicareResources.org. This is a really cool website too. Slightly different twist, but it basically goes into a little bit of the story and the history of Medicare and what it was designed to do and how it's supposed to help. So couple of different great websites and resources that are out there for people who want to know more. If you have more questions, comments, concerns about anything that we've shared on the, on the podcast today, feel free to reach out to our office. Again, you can give us a call at 336. Um, I almost gave you my cell phone number. Wow, 336-245-8626. You can also find us online at dixonwm.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you what questions that you have. We know this does not cover everything there is about Medicare, but we wanted to give you kind of a fundamental basic through the lens of financial planning and hopefully help you and your loved ones and family members feel confident that you can take the next step, whatever that may be around financially planning around Medicare. And just so everybody knows, we're not paid by or in, we're, we're not receiving any compensation for endorsing any of these websites to go to for education either. They're just quality resources that are at your disposal. So with that, we hope that you all have enjoyed today's episode of the Financial Edge podcast. And hopefully you had something that you can take away and glean from this episode, take away to your family, your friends, your loved ones, and uh, hopefully they can find benefit from that. So again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Financial Edge podcast. (laughs) 